and we will. Um, but before we just dive in, I do want to have a moment of just prayer for us as we go into the word to um, open up our minds and hearts to receive what God has for us today. So you don't mind joining me, uh, dear Lord, I lift up this time that we have taken out of our day, out of our schedule to be with you and be in community with each other and experience your word. Lord, I ask that you um, would open our hearts and open our minds and engage with us specifically to reach out and show us what you have for us. Um, I pray that you touch our hearts, you ignite the fires within, and that you just bless us today. Amen. Um, so we will not be going on Facebook Live today, unfortunately, because of technical difficulties. But do not fear. We will have this up on our other outlets um, through Anchor and podcasts. So if you want to listen to it or you know somebody who does, let them know. So let's get in. Like I said, we are going to be touching on Luke 13, 10 through 17 today, talking about engaging risk in obedience. Now, if you want to go ahead and join me in opening your Bibles, you can. Otherwise, just listen. Um, and here we go, starting in verse 10. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had had a disabling, disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because of Jesus, Healing on the Sabbath said to the people, There are six days in which you in which work ought to be done. But on those days, or come on those days and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to water? And you ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. Now, if you've read the Bible even a little bit, you may have noted that this is one of many stories where Jesus goes against the norms of the practices of the Sabbath, a sacred day, 
in order to glorify his Father through showing mercy on those who require healing. Um, a few examples is, I know we have a lame man from the pool of, who, at the pool of Bethesda in John 5, a man who had a withered hand in Mark 3, and there's even one that happens later on in this book in Luke 14, but I'm not going to spoil that one for you. But one of the things that whenever I read these sort of stories is why? Why would Jesus, knowing full well the Jewish practices of the Sabbath, continuously go against the rules and norms of his own religion? And the reason I found is because he chooses to follow the laws of the kingdom of heaven. He risks Feeling the feelings of comfort and security that we as humans feel when following the systems and structures of this world, all for the purpose of glorifying his Father God and showing us his true heart, which, as I've said, we see in this passage as mercy. Now, I want to make sure we understand this is not a story telling us to disregard our own systems and structures that we as humanity have built for function and order. We know this is, is true because at the beginning of this passage, Jesus himself is acting in the system. He is teaching at the synagogue on the day of Sabbath, teaching the good news. He is practicing and participating in the true nature of the day of rest. He is participating in glorifying his father and being in relationship with his father and sharing that same relationship with others who either do it on a regular basis or desire to have it themselves. But we do see in this story that he disrupts himself because he sees a woman who is disabled and cannot even stand straight. So, and he chooses to heal her. So let's take a moment to focus on why he healed this woman. What about her made it important for him to do so? As we look at the passage, it doesn't really state anywhere that she intends to receive healing on this day. All we know is that she came to the synagogue to be a part of the Sabbath practice. She was literally just following in the, the rules and the systems and the practices that she had grown up with. But Jesus saw this woman's desire, and he saw the struggle that she had to fight through in order to get to her goal of being in the presence of God. And because of that, he chose to release her from her bonds so that she could achieve her goal of being refreshed and freed by being in the presence of her Heavenly Father. And as we know, upon seeing this act, the leader of the synagogue not only shamed Jesus, but the woman herself by making a public declaration that no one should receive healing on the Sabbath because it disrupts the system. This religious leader is seen as the antagonist in this story. But 
in my opinion, he's actually just operating in another one of the issues that we deal with operating in our systems of the world. He gets distracted by upholding the system and structures of the Sabbath. That he misses the opportunity to see the true merciful heart of God that is represented in the healing of the woman. When the religious leader comes back and calls out Jesus and the woman, we see that Jesus in verses 15 and 16 snaps right back and calls him a hypocrite. And he shows him the errors of his ways by giving a rather interesting example, in my, my opinion, by comparing the woman who was bound to an ox or donkey. Now, I don't know about you, but personally, I would not want to be referred to as a donkey. But his example does show a solid truth, even though it's a little weird. He knew, because Jesus knew the duration and cause of the bound the woman had on her. She was bound for 18 years by Satan himself. And just like an owner, a worldly owner of an ox or donkey, because we live in the broken world and Satan has a little bit of rain here, just like an owner binds their donkey, Satan bound this woman. And Jesus freed her from that bond because he is the ultimate representation of the true leader and king of the world, God. So he, in the loving act, like an owner would for their donkey or ox, unbound the woman so she could receive the living water of the kingdom and be refreshed. Now, after Jesus spoke, his words out against this religious leader, it sunk in to not just him, but everyone in the synagogue. It dawned on them that the true heart of the Father God was merciful. And one thing that I, uh, as I was breaking down this, for my sermon, I read a really great um, encapsulation of one of the true purposes that God was, or that Jesus was representing here from a commentator that said, the service of, of man is built on the service of God. And the service of God is as truly accomplished in deeds of human kindness done for his sake as oral worship. You see, Jesus knew that operating in the systems and structures of the world created a foundation for him to be able to lift us up into the kingdom. And he knew that this would accomplish just as much dedication and reverence for God as simply partaking in the structure and system that was already in place. 
So to apply this to our own lives, we have to take a look at each of the characters involved. How did they either not risk or risk obedience? And what can we see in our own lives that reflects what they did? First, we have Jesus, the main character in most of these stories, whose intent, we know, is to always bring glory to his Father and spread the good news of the kingdom. He risked by asking or by acting in a way that was outside of the norm and possibly risking his reputation because he saw and chose a different path other than the one presented to him through the practices of the world. Now, there are all times in our lives where we will experience a similar backlash to what Jesus experienced on this day. But acting like Jesus did can show us that through sharing the truth of the kingdom that we know and calling out the worldly limitations we encounter, we can bring in the truth and love of the kingdom of heaven into our own lives. I personally have done this a few times, even though it's hard. And one time in particular, I was working at a Starbucks and the manager was not a very uplifting person. He would often put down people when they made mistakes and make fun of them. Instead of raising them up and showing them a better way to do their work. Now, I know that I could have very easily ignored the issue and focused solely on my job, focused on the stuff at hand that I was already doing, but I chose not to because I was aware of the goodness and the patience of the kingdom, and I wanted to share that with the people around me. So what I did is I halted my work got his attention, and separated him from the situation and called him out. As we talked through my observations, he started to become aware of where he had fallen, where he had gotten wrong. And he chose to change his ways. And as he chose to change his ways, He ended up allowing his employees to thrive because then they felt lifted up. By risking my own reputation as a good non-pushing-the-boundary person and choosing the kingdom of heaven over the rules of my own world, I was able to invite God in and let him change my environment for the better, just like Jesus did. But that's only one example of what we can gain from this. We have other players involved. Second, being the woman. We know that she chose 
to go against her own body's limitations, risking pain and suffering for the purpose of being in the presence of her heavenly father. And she was greatly rewarded by this through God's merciful heart in healing. Now I know all of us will can struggle through daily mental, physical, and even emotional limitations that are not of our own making, but of Satan's design. And we know, as followers of Christ, that these limitations will not be forever through the promise of his return. But it's so easy to fall in and feel like they control our whole world. Now, this reminds me of one of my favorite writings by Hannah Hernard. High as feet on high places. My mom used to read this to us when we were kids. This book is an allegory that focuses on removing those limitations and finding freedom in the kingdom. I want to read for you guys um, the little snippet that kind of highlights what this book is about because I feel like it just it's so good. Says there are no obstacles which our Savior's love cannot overcome. The high places of victory and union with Christ can be reached by learning to accept day by day the actual conditions and tests permitted by God, by laying down our own will and accepting His. The lessons of accepting and triumphing over evil and of becoming acquainted with grief and pain and finding them transformed into something incomparably precious. These are the lessons of the allegory in this book. And then it references Psalm 18 here, and it says, The Lord maketh my feet like hind feet, and setteth me upon mine high places. I truly love this book. It's about a young girl who struggles with physical ailments, emotional burdens, and mental limitations, and ends up finding the truth of her own identity through Christ. Now, we have a third participant in this story through the religious leader. And as I said before, I, I don't consider him the enemy here because he, he just in, fell into a similar issue that we ourselves all get caught up in, the details. He was way too focused on operating by the rules set by the world and keeping control of the synagogue that he missed a beautiful moment in the kingdom of heaven. All he saw was that rules were being broken. He couldn't comprehend the purpose as to why those boundaries had to be broken. I know for myself, this is a very easy thing to fall into. The desire for control is so strong sometimes that we end up limiting ourselves 
in order to keep control of the world around us. But once we realize that we are not meant to be in control and relinquish that burden to God, we learn there are so many wonderful things in the kingdom. In this story, we learn that we learn about mercy through the relinquishing of control. But it could be many other things. For instance, may, some of you may have remembered that last week I requested prayer because I was going up for a promotion at work. And this week, after going through my interview and waiting and hoping, I learned that I was passed up for the promotion. Now, my first reaction was to attempt to regain control of the situation by either blaming or getting frustrated because I didn't agree with the decision that was made. But when I brought my anger to God and he showed me how I was only focusing on what I thought should be the result and not what he had planned, he opened me up to what I was truly meant to do at my job, which was operate in his work there, not in my own. And I had lost sight of that truth because I was so focused on wanting to keep control of the thing that I wanted. But after I was able to let that go, and give it to God, I found something much more beautiful. I found a call on my life that is far beyond what I have ever done before. And it, it's reflected in being here with you guys today. was sharing with you this wondrous love letter that God has written for all of us to show us his heart every single step of the way. And I know that this is only the beginning for me, but I'm so excited because now after I was able to relinquish that control, I can find and learn so much more because my, my blinders are off. So I want to ask you guys, what? highlighted for you in this what specifically did you feel like oh yes I've done that or oh man yeah that's true what what part of this story called to your heart was it operating in the truth that you were made to be and losing reputation was it fighting against your own limitations because you love something far greater than yourself? Or was it finding yourself get caught in the desire for control? Whichever one of these is, has been highlighted to you today, I just want you guys to take the opportunity to get prayer 
for it, even if it's just something small. Now, I want to close for us today, going off of our normal blessing. But as I do, I, I want you guys to stick around and receive prayer if you felt pulled today. So let us close with um, the words from Numbers. I cannot, I think it's 13 something, six, 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 number six. Um, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, thus shall bless the people of Israel, you shall say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I bless you guys today. And I thank you for joining me. Amen. So I do want to transition now into a time of prayer. So did anybody feel anything? Got any word? Either for your one thing you desire to receive prayer for or you want to pray over somebody else. You guys can unmute yourselves and do all that.